We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to the Reload by Prediction, the esports video talk show network. Uh, you may or may have not realized, maybe a little bit of, um, I don't know, a certain tone in my voice. You know, I, I'm not... The happiest I've ever been today. Uh, why is that? Because, of course, the Browns lost again. Uh, do I need to evaluate that anymore? Probably not. Uh, I still have hope. I do. But uh, but watching and hearing updates just made my weekend that much more uh, less eventful, uh, more stressful, I guess uh, you could say it as of right now. But hopefully everyone's having a, a great and a, a bright, lovely uh, morning, or if you're across the pond, uh, a lovely afternoon. Like we said, we've got some awesome Call of Duty stuff to talk about today. Um, you know, a few things have happened this past week, you know, just a few announcements. There may have may or may have not just been a, a decent one that just happened a few moments ago, uh, but pretty much the entire league over the last week announced their roster so you kind of get the idea uh you know nothing major nothing really all that big to talk about right we've got atlanta phase we've got the la optic we've got the toronto ultra we've got chicago we're going to be talking about all those lineups in depth where they kind of stack up and uh kind of going over a few more things about these teams and maybe where they kind of sit among the rest because i think like we said we've got a, a very interesting kind of group of discussions to do uh cover today there's a lot of opinions that do surround a few of these rosters so guys feel free in the chat to converse to talk to chat however you like uh, and give me your opinions i'd love to kind of hear what you guys are are thinking for the most part and uh, and how things are kind of going right now but uh of course the reload is brought to you by prediction prediction offers the chance to learn and converse on more in-depth subjects about all the latest and greatest esports from nba 2k to Overwatch, to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Dota, esports news and business, Call of Duty. We cover 
almost everything. We're getting to that point where there is no stone unturned, but uh, of course we continue to rapidly expand each and every week and feel free to let us know on Twitter and the social game tweet at us at prediction with two E's or at myself at Lando on what esports you guys would like to see us dive into next, because I think uh, we do have a few more definitely kind of on, on the, um, on the plate, if you will. And we'd love to hear your guys' opinions on that, kind of get you more involved in the conversation uh, and kind of hear you out because, of course, that's uh, that's what matters the most is, is knowing what you guys really want to see come from us next. Um, and obviously, for those that may be listening to us at a later date, maybe, like I said, it could be a little bit of a different time if you're listening to us on iTunes, Spotify, etc., of course, welcome. Uh, and if you're interested in joining us live and being involved in the chat, you can do so every Tuesday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time on twitch.tv slash prediction esports. Again, that's twitch.tv slash prediction esports. That's prediction with two E's. And like I said, guys, you've got a great show to talk on today. First off, I actually haven't even written or rather uh, taken out any notes about this, but uh, major news kind of coming out, uh, talking and, and referencing the Call of Duty League launch weekend, right? That is officially going to the Minnesota Rocker, right? They've officially announced their branding uh, today. And along with that, they will be hosting uh, the launch weekend to the Call of Duty League, which is going to be going down January 24th to the 26th. That's in 2020, friends. Remember that we've got a new year upon us and a new season of Call of Duty ahead as well. So really excited to see what the uh, Minnesota franchise kind of has in mind. Uh, from, what I, from what we've got to see, they've done fantastic stuff from the media end of things. They seem to be really in control of of wanting this team to be uh, in the best place that they possibly can, right? So I'm super excited about that. They've also got the first challengers, uh, Path to Pro open bracket land at the same event which is going to be great. Uh, and for those who maybe are interested in competing, right? Challenger teams passes are on sale as early uh, as December. And uh, I know Jack Felling, shout out to Jack Felling, uh, basically tweeted as well. Total challengers amateur season prizing will be over $1 million, which of course is throughout the season. So that's awesome to see. Super excited about that. I will say it's going to be a tad cold uh, in January, right? If you uh, are venturing over to Minnesota, I've heard that it's cold there. I think uh, it's fair to say that. So the fact that it's going to be in January, it should be fun. We may have to go through the snow, but that hasn't stopped us before, right? So I'm excited about it. And feel free, guys, to let us know. Let me know in the chat if you are going to be venturing over to Minnesota, or maybe it's in your backyard. Maybe you can just walk across the street. There I am. I'm at the event. That'd be interesting. Uh, and shout out to Legray underscore co in chat. He said, I have a question. Why are all the pros only just starting to complain about the maps? Do they not want the beta, or are they forced to stay, uh, rather say that they enjoy that stage? Because this game just seems to be a massive blank to the comp scene, especially considering teams have just paid $25 million for spots. So I want to talk about that really quickly. Um, I will say, Modern Warfare, of course, that's a big deal. Just released uh, in the time frame from last segment to this segment, uh, or rather episode to episode. I gotta say, game for me, it's interesting, right? Because I am someone who does not want to be you know, on the negative side of the maps. And I really do think that there is potential there. I, I really do. I think that there is a lot of potential um, in what could be happening with maps. I know people are super early to say, you know what, this isn't working, this isn't working. You know what, give it some time. I think that's that's the biggest thing that I would advise for the comp scene as of this moment. The game is new, right? The game is changing, the game is evolving. I understand where maybe a few of the arguments or the uh, conversations are happening, but my biggest thing that I would say as of this moment 
give it some time. Let's see what happens. And then we can start to generate real conversations about it. Because obviously this is a huge title for competitive. This is, I mean, literally the you could argue the pinnacle of what needs to be the definition of the best competitive game that we have ever had because we are venturing into new territory with franchising. As he mentioned, organizations are investing what was rumored to be 25 plus million dollars, which, like I said, is a, is a huge investment. I'm sure Activision Blizzard is very aware of that, so I'm excited to see what they do. But I think the conversations about, um, you know, the maps and stuff like that, which I think are in some cases warranted, they need to kind of pump the brakes a little bit. Let's learn it. Let's get a little bit of an idea. And obviously, we did learn that we have until January to kind of figure those things out. So, like I said, I am uh, I would say at this point, in terms of Modern Warfare, it has been a game that I have to really kind of work on. It's something for me that's been new. Uh, I think the game feels different than it has in, in previous years. So, I think that instantly kind of drives people maybe the other way a little bit to say, you know what, maybe this isn't what I really wanted, or maybe this isn't a, a game that I'm interested in. Give it time, right? Give it some time. Let's all kind of calm down a little bit. And then maybe, uh, you know, in a few months or so, maybe in a few weeks, we can rejoin this conversation and see if the same uh, issues are occurring or if the same feelings are starting to occur as well. Because I think for me, uh, that's going to be a really big thing to kind of evaluate as time goes on is, you know what, not necessarily right now, but let's give it some time and let's see how this looks, like I said, a little bit down the line. Let's see how this feels uh, as time kind of has uh, gone on a little bit. So I I'm excited, though. I'm excited to see what Modern Warfare brings. I don't know about you guys, but I have really enjoyed watching uh, some of the early scrimmages that we've seen um, from some of the top uh, franchise teams. I watched the subliners versus I think it was the... Atlanta phase the other day, which was cool. I know a lot of people have been talking about Dallas Empire, how solid they've looked so far uh, in terms of their online matches and all the OLT games that are going on. So really excited to uh, uh, to kind of watch those progress. I, I think I saw Clayster the other day. I forget the map that it was because I'm still personally learning the maps. But uh, he had tossed like two or he and his team, I think it was Shotzi at the time. They threw two perfect smokes that pretty much allowed for the smokes to surround everything but a doorway, and Clayster pre-fired and got two kills. And I was like, this, this, is, this is what I want, right? This, this is exactly what we want, is to see uh, strategies like that, especially in Search and Destroy. So I think, for me at least, uh, I was really excited to see that, and I think that from... It was Ramaz. Okay, Blood Beast, he knows. He knows exactly what I'm talking about. Um, it was a scrimmage last night, actually, so... Or not a scrimmage, but it was an online tournament that they were playing in, so... I don't know. I'm, I'm really excited to uh, kind of see how that progresses and to see exactly how things kind of translate. But I, I loved seeing that, uh, at least for myself. Uh, Aston Chat says, do you think people are overreacting to teams winning or losing? I feel like a half week, it will be a lot closer. Um, I think at this point, it, it's early. It, it is early, right? It, it's very, um, how should I say this? I think that in terms of overreacting on teams winning or losing, like to say the Dallas Empire is the best team in the world as of this moment could by definition be accurate, but is it worth stating? Probably not, right? It's probably not worth stating at all. Now, can you generate points from that? Of course you can. Like today, I I'd obviously we, we talked about, hey, Dallas Empire, they look like currently the best team online. Does that really mean anything? No, but you can still talk about it. So I think that the, the conversations, I like whenever conversations like that happen, but to really take any actual worth out of it i think is uh you know at least for me a little bit kind of on the edge of like eh, i don't know if this is really worth like i don't know if we should really be diving in too much but um uh, but by the way, thank you guys so much for, uh, for already getting involved in the chat. Tyler basically has talked about um, he's watched a few teams play Search Storm Hacking Yard, and they always go A, and if that gets the bomb, it's hard to retake. So many angles to, to really kind of work with, um, but something needs to be changed on that map. Like I said, 
changes I hope that are uh, on the back burner. I hope that those things are, are definitely kind of in the realm of conversation. I think the Hackney Yard, at least for me, is by far one of my favorite maps up to this point. You guys can feel free to let me know uh, your opinions on a few of them, but I think Hackney Yard for me, in terms of multiple game modes, I think works really well. I think like, and I kind of agree on certain, in terms of Search and Destroy, I've kind of felt those same uh, feelings. So uh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of with Tyler on that one. The holiday rush is coming. And if you sell stuff online, you better get ready with ShipStation. With more people buying online than ever before, you have to be able to ship orders out quickly, efficiently, and affordably. But how do you keep track of all those orders or decide which shipping carrier to use or if you're getting the best rates? Luckily, ShipStation can help. With just a few clicks, you'll be managing orders, printing labels, and getting those products out the door and delivered in time for the holidays. I've always had great experiences with ShipStation, and they've never made me worry about sending or receiving packages. Listen, you people who sell things online with ShipStation, it doesn't matter where you are selling. Amazon, Etsy, your own website. ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface. ShipStation works with all of the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, and UPS. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. They even offer big discounts on shipping costs. Now, any business can access the same postage discounts that are usually referred for large Fortune 5 companies. You'll always know that you're getting the best deal. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Take the hassle out of the holiday shipping this year. Let ShipStation help you handle it all with ease. Just use my offer code BLUE to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no-hassle, stress-free holiday shipping. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com, enter offer code BLUE. ShipStation, make ship happen. Humans have been shaving for thousands of years. And the secret to a great shave? It hasn't changed much. The ancient Greeks didn't need flex balls or heated handles, and neither do you. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you to add gimmicky features to their razors. They focus on delivering what actually matters. Sharp, durable blades at a fair price. I love Harry's because it gives me a close shave, right? Easy glide, low price. Do us a favor and check out harrys.com slash bluewire for your free trial today. Harry's is a return to the essential. Quality, durable blades at a fair price. Just $2 per blade. Harry's overall is incredibly convenient, right? Blade refills are delivered directly to your door on your schedule with or without a subscription. And there's no risk to you for trying them out. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Listeners of my show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, a rich lathering shave gel with a low to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to start shaving better today. 
let's go and talk about a few things, right? I know we talked about previous teams, so they've been looking. Let's talk about the announcements, right, that have occurred uh, and the ones that have obviously been changing the entire landscape of Call of Duty for the last few weeks. Uh, the first team uh, that I really want to try to talk about, of course, is the new Optic, right? LA Optic. This, for me, is the definition of a power team. You talk about Slasher, Kenny, Dashy, TJ, and JCap. This was a team that, at least in my eyes, this is a roster that was built for the long haul, right? This team, for me, at least when I look at them on paper, they are prepared for the future. Now, one thing that I like a lot, primarily from this team, that I think a lot of others are really going to miss out on, is the integration that they have from 100 Thieves. Because you talk about Octane and Enable, obviously, they're on Seattle. You talk about where players have kind of gone, where they ventured to. But I like this team because they've also got the management on their side, right? Because we have to talk about this. 100 Thieves figured out how to get a group of guys who all have a chip on their shoulder, who all have a ton of talent, and to make them work together. Never have we really seen something like that work as smoothly, or at least see one example, and then by one change that occurs, or you argue two by adding in the coach of Crowder, but in general, by having two major changes, everything really catapult. I mean, they really looked so different. People forget at the start of the year how 100 Thieves looked. Reddit was holding on to their every word. Nobody thought that this team was going to live up to their standards, and they started to feel the pressure of that. But the one thing that I like is that this team still, they dug their heels and they said, you know what? We're going to make this work. And they figured out the formula in terms of how to make, the, the rather, how to make the personalities mix with one another. Great to see you, Maze. Now, a lot of previous chemistry that does exist in this team as well excites me, right? We talk about J-Cap and Slasher, the fact that they've won uh, multiple events with each other, one of those being a world championship. Slasher and Kenny, their time on 100 Thieves, obviously, winning back-to-back. -back. Slasher and TJ Halley winning two events in World War II. TJ Halley and Dashy winning events, in, or rather winning an event in Black Ops 4. There's history amongst these players. And you notice that every time that I mentioned the chemistry factor... They're not just that, oh, we've, we play with each other. It's that we have won together. Not that we have played, the fact that we have won. There's a difference, right? When you have won with someone, you know what it takes and you know what to get out of that person, right? Like I said, it's one thing to play and learn and to you know, face off and, and, and to kind of go through the trenches with guys, but it's also a big factor for them to work alongside each other, which I think is going to be a really, really big deal. You know, Aston brings up a perfect point, and at my point, and in terms of mentioning this roster, I think that it evaluates very well. Aston brings up, didn't Jacob get kicked over fights with Clay? Slasher and Kenny are not quite, uh, and there's Dashy. So I want to talk about this primarily on Jacob because everyone has talked about, okay, we've got this talented roster. We've got some really good players on this team. We talk about, okay, Slasher, we've got Kenny, we've got Dashy, TJ. Jcap? Why, why do we have Jcap on this team? I mean, I think a lot of people are looking instantly at the other side and saying, okay, Chicago versus LA Optic. Okay, we kind of get the feel, but Jcap's kind of the weak link here because, you know, you talk about these guys going head to head, you look at the, you know, across the ring, who are you going to feel more, you know, by definition, uh, worried about? Are you going to feel more pressured by someone like Gunless? Are you going to feel more pressured by someone like Arcides or Formal or Envoy or whatever? Why is Jcap here? And does he deserve to be on this team? Does he fit? And my answer would be absolutely. Of course he does. This team is perfect for Jacob. And I want to go back to uh, to what Aston brought up about a United. Because whenever he joined 
United. My biggest talking point, and everyone was, was very much on the train of, oh my gosh, this is a great move. You're going to have some great veterans to work alongside some young guns. Abizi, he's now a rookie. RCDs and Envoy, they're kind of coming into their, or rather RCDs and Persini, excuse me, are now kind of coming into their own. That We've got a really solid kind of core here. How do they mesh? And my thing was, I don't like this. I don't think that JCAP was the right move for them. Why? Because JCAP's abilities as a player are not there to put up numbers. They're not there to put up numbers. Whenever Arshadis put up, for me, one of the most impressive performances at the first event of the year, that's what it took for them to see top placements. When the BZ started to come into his own, that's what it took. And they needed some other options, right? They needed a player like Simp to come in rather than a player like JCAP. And so when we saw that swap, people said, okay, this is the reason why they're finally going to succeed because JCAP, eh, not the greatest player in the world. You know what? He wasn't there for that reason. He's not there to do the things that Simp are there for. Rather, the players like Simp are there for. For me, I think that JCAP fits perfectly on this team because he will fill the same gap, and we talked about formula, the same gap that Enable did on 100 Thieves. The coach inside of the game, the guy who will pretty much sacrifice his abilities for the remainder of the team. When it comes to this roster, you're not going to have to worry about JCAP saying, you know what, Dashy? Those were my kills, man. You know what? You dove in and you stole my elims. I don't know about that, man. Like, that's not going to happen, right? That's not, that's not going to occur. Uh, there are not going to be any arguments about JCap telling Dashy, you know what? I need to slay more. That's, that's not going to happen. Like I said, and I've talked about this. He paired alongside, I'm talking about JCap. He paired alongside Slasher, I think, for me, gives this team some shape it gives this team some real legs to it that i think are honestly going to kind of put them into gear i think it's going to put this roster into shape because there is an undeniable amount of pressure on this roster right you talk about la optic they kept the name they kept the logo and now they're and now they've previously called themselves the green wall do i care absolutely not but from a fan's standpoint from a pressure standpoint you are not changing anything you're not changing a thing. And we all know whether you're an OG fan or you're not an OG fan. You know that this is a sacred thing, right? The optic logo, what that means, the history behind it. It's now coming, coming into new ownership. And it's not necessarily reflective in a positive way by any means. So by taking on that name, it now gives you a spotlight. And it gives you a spotlight solely off of pressure, right? This is going to be, without question, the most hated team. You're going to be the undisputed bad boys of Call of Duty. And to be honest, I don't think that most of them will mind that. I think they're going to take on that identity and kind of be okay with it. And I will say this is going to give them some pressure that I think could break them or that could make them rise. Because if you have issues or rather if you have struggles on this team, you know what's going to happen, especially if they start to fall behind, fall, fall behind Chicago? Hashtag the fall of Optic, where it's going to be trending. People are going to be making YouTube videos, Reddit threads on the Optic Reddit, or now the Energy Threddit, my bad. Um, basically stating, oh my gosh, you know what? They lost the brand, and this is what they do with it. This is the roster they put together, a team that can't even beat Chicago. I mean, these are going to be the things that the fans are talking about, and I hope that that drives these players because I think by having someone like Slasher who for me is without question a top five player to have if you want to talk about skill that's fine or however he translates for me he is without question a top five player in the game and someone who I would want on my team especially if we want to win because he paired alongside JCap 
And obviously, we know how talented Slasher can be as a player. But also, alongside some of these younger guys, we talk about Kenny, we talk about Dashy, we talk about TJ. These guys are amazing, right? These guys have so much talent. I think that Dashy has some of the best gun skill that I have ever seen. I really do. I think they have some of the best skill that we have ever seen. So you combine all of these personalities, all of this pressure, all of these identity clashes, and you notice and you say, you know what? They've done this before. They have done this previously, and they made it work. They, unlike many other rosters that have come before them who have struggled and who have pretty much met up against this wall and couldn't go through it, this team has done that before, or at least a group of guys have done that before. Management, in terms of Mud Duck, they've gone through it before. They know the necessary steps. They know how to do this. So I think for me, the decision of JCAP for many is looked upon as a weakness. I think it looks upon it more as a strength. Because I think you're going to need someone to be the sacrifice. You're going to need someone to step back and say, you know what? You guys go. You guys take care of it. I will do whatever I can to highlight you. I have called Jacob the John Stockton of Call of Duty Esports because he is a pass man. He wants to assist. He wants to throw the ball to shooters. This team, no pun intended, has shooters. I like this team a lot. They're by far one of my favorites for that very reason. I think they fit all the bills, and I think that they have what it takes to be one of the best teams in the world. Now, that they do have pressure. We've talked about the dashy situation in terms of does he want to be here? How's that kind of feeling? I think, for me at least, that will cause um, maybe some internal problems, and I think that every roster, including this one, is going to deal with those internal struggles, but generally... I think they work. I really do. I, I think that this team works, and I worry about that with a lot of other, you know, rosters in terms of will they actually be able to function together. Um, let's go move on to the next team, right? Let's, let's just quickly move on because I know we're, we've we've talked. <laughs> the, the time limit for this show, by the way, is supposed to be like 30 minutes, and I think we haven't – we've more than superseded that at least uh, for the last four or five shows. So that's, that's totally on me. Let's go ahead and move on to the Toronto Ultra, yes, they announced their entire 10-man lineup. We'll talk about the uh, starters first, though. Uh, this is a roster who I also want to kind of correlate to that same pressure-type uh, situation, right? We've got uh, Looney, Brack, Methods, Lucky, and Metals. Uh, and so whenever I initially look at this team, um, something that kind of resonates with me, and I want to hear people's opinions on this, because I've only had a, a, a little bit of time to kind of really focus on this roster and kind of dive into their... Uh, into their play based on paper. But this for me is another situation where I think Looney will be looked upon to lead. Uh, I know in terms of kind of his background, for the most part, I know he's going to have a decent kind of pairing alongside Lucky and Metals. Uh, obviously, he has led a multitude of different teams in the past. But if you do look at Toronto, you have to keep in mind, you know what? We were previously Splice. We're losing players like Temp. We lost Jurd. We need people to fill in those gaps, right? We need people to fill in that same level of play. So I think for me, at least, when you look at this team on paper, this roster for me, the glue, a lot of pressure. I think, honestly, someone who will have some of the most pressure on an entire franchise, one of those guys will be Looney because he is going to be the glue for this team. He has a lot of work to do. He has to be consistent. He has to be the glue. He has to make sure that things are kind of going on in a multitude of positions. He, for me, is almost like a GM in game. Because he has to be aware of a multitude of different things, and he will be looked upon as the primary leader of this team. Of course, alongside methods, and I want to kind of you know correlate to that. 
Um, but I think that since they have kind of lost core pieces in terms of Splice now turning into Toronto, uh, I think that you have to have players who are going to step up. Now, can those players do that? That's where the pressure starts to set in, right? We talked about Brack. He is being called upon after his rookie season to be one of, if not the primary option for this roster. Let's be straight up, right? Let's be totally straight up. In terms of the way that Modern Warfare works right now, what is, for the most part, considered to be a dominant weapon? The M4, right? I know people have talked about the MP7. We've talked about multiple different weapons. But for the most part, if, you, if we were to do a poll right now, most people would say best weapon in the game, the M4. Now... We have to be careful because, of course, things can change. Obviously, metas fluctuate constantly, and we know that to be a trend in Call of Duty. But if it is going to be an AR-centered game, which could be very well the case in terms of how slow the game feels, etc., but Brack is now being labeled as the option, the number one option. And can that consistently translate? I think that it will. I think he's going to have a fantastic year, and I hope that he does improve on this particular team, but I think alongside Brack, I think someone who also has maybe more, if not a higher level of pressure, Methods, right? His The biggest talking point about Methods was the translation of his ability in World War II and how it went into a title like Black Ops 4. Still a great player, but in World War II, he looked unbelievable. I mean, I know he's a slower player. We talk about he's a guy that doesn't really like to kind of move out of the trenches all that often. But in general, if Methods can get back to the World War II, or rather, form that he was on, when he was on the Rise Nations of the World, when he was winning an MVP, how good could this team be? I mean, be honest. Like, you have Brack and Methods together. That could be a very, very solid group together roaming around, especially if you talk about someone like L Lucky who will be in there as well. How will he be? I think this could be a very good team, but I think a lot of it is going to rely upon how they step up to the plate. And I think along with that, we can also kind of translate this to the Heretic guys. This for me is where anticipation meets expectation, right? Last year, we were amazed. We loved the Vamos. We loved everything about the Heretics team. And I loved them as well. I, I loved rooting on these guys because of how passionate they were and how they felt. Last year, we were amazed. Now it is time where we expect it and how does that work you know how is that going to be performing whenever we look at a, a group of guys and when someone really kind of overperforms you tend to maybe get like more excited than normal but now we are getting to the point where the where the record said the anticipation has now met the expectation we're now in a situation where we're looking upon these guys not to just be surprisers but to be people who have to be consistent because these are going to be two fundamental pieces that they're going to need to perform at the highest level, right? We talk about the 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 um, giants that sit on the other side. We talk about you know some of the very solid rosters on paper where you just get scared thinking about them. You're going to need pieces to play up to that same level. You may even have to play better than others. You know, I, I, like you're going to need players to overperform than some of the better players on other teams. If you want to realistically be there, the strategy has to be there. So I like this team a lot. I really do. I think that this team has a lot of potential to be good. And I think especially off the bench as well, uh, which we'll talk about their bench very quickly. Uh, Kleenex, Mayhem, Cami, Bance, and Classic. This is a good mix of young talent. And you also got some veterans on this team or guys who have kind of been through the ringer uh, in the past. I think that they have a really good kind of second unit who will be able to contribute. Uh, and I think it's going to be interesting to see exactly how guys like Mayhem, uh, Cami, and Kleenex especially are going to kind of 
maybe work on their game, how they're going to improve. I think for me, at least a big spotlight is going to be on Kleenex, obviously for singularity um, at champs looked phenomenal, really. I mean, he looked fantastic. The way that he was winning gunfights was incredible. Uh, but how's that going to translate? You know, how's that really going to swap over? How's it going to really look? Uh, that's something that I'm very, uh, very interested in when it comes down to this team. Uh, and Kingdom asked, by the way, shout out Kingdom Classic is coming off the bench. He is. Uh, according to what they have stated, Classic is indeed coming off the bench. Uh, and I think that he has a really good chance to really kind of work on this core uh, along with Bance. Um, but like I said, for me, probably one of the biggest players who I'm kind of looking out for right now, probably Kleenex. I'm excited to see how Mayhem can kind of continue to work. Cami uh, looked great, uh, you know, for a few of the EU rosters kind of toward the end of the year. Excited to see what those guys can do. But I think Toronto is in a good position, but I think we're going to need some players to really step into the their own and like i said this for me the quote that i would take away from toronto ultra where anticipation meets expectation now let's go and talk about a team that i'm sure everyone's excited about a team that definitely is incredibly hyped right now we've talked about t2p we've talked about all kinds of different things chicago uh right this is for me at least on paper one of the scariest rosters we have ever seen on paper right formal scump Arsides, Gunless, Envoy. I feel like I was reading off of an all-star sheet. Like we were like, I thought we were talking about like first team all all Call of Duty last year when you read off a, a piece of paper like that. I mean, really, these guys, it's 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 crazy. It really is crazy that all of these guys find themselves on the same team. I think that it's uh it's phenomenal. Really quickly, I want to address uh, a question in the chat. Drew Sparks says, Do you reckon they'll be ahead of the game? Due to having a confirmed roster of 10, uh, i.e. I. being able to scrim internally. This is, of course, about the Toronto, uh, for those who are listening through audio. Um, but, yeah, I think they will. I think that having 10 players is actually very beneficial, of course, if organizations want to do that. Uh, I think there's a big advantage there. I think there's a lot of young talent, especially, that exists uh, in Call of Duty. We talked about 30% of rookies, or rather 30% of the CWL last year was filled with rookie players. That, for me, is enough to say, you know what? It'd be great to get as many young guys as we can to get scrimming partners to work on young players and kind of develop them uh, because that's exactly what United has done, right? They, they they got a hold of Simp early. They have him in a contract, and it was an easy, quick swap where it was a matter of pretty much you got him throughout the staff entrance. Uh, it was like, hey, you know what? Hop over to our team. No no other roster really had the ability to uh, to get a hold of him as much as United did, and they were able to kind of hold on to that conversation. So for me, I liked it a lot. But let's go and talk about Chicago really quickly. Like I said, really quick, we talked about scariest roster on paper in a very long time. Formal Scump, RC's Gonless Envoy. Um, and I will say, too, each of these players have the ability on other teams to be the number one, if not the number two option. It's like a, it's like a first team all Call of Duty. It's like the all-star team for the most part. But I will say, is it too much? You know, that that's the one thing that I mentioned previously in a segment that I did. Is it too much? for this roster to handle? Do they get too much talent and not focus on other things? You know, what happens if this roster struggles? What happens if players don't agree, right? Who's going to be the final word on this roster? Because they're all talkers, you know? Most of them have come from or have been in some ways an IGL or a person who likes to speak a lot. You know, we talk about formal, has IGL experience, likes to talk. Scump, likes to talk. Arsties, a big IGL background, comes in this roster, likes to talk. Gunless, likes to talk. Envoy, I know for a fact, he has on previous teams liked to talk. All these guys want to, sp want to speak at the same time. Well, who's going to be the guy that has the final word? 
You know, who's going to be the guy that is the end-all, be-all person who makes decisions? You know, I think it's going to be important. And when we talk about other talker lineups, you know, you got to use the, the quotes there. Other talker lineups. Splice in Black Ups 4. I'll be honest, I had to eat my words for the first few events. I said, this team, in my opinion, will not work. They said themselves in interviews, we are by far the most argumentative team because we have a lot of guys that want to talk to each other. You know what happened? First two events, phenomenal. One bad event, instantly fell apart. Had to bring in subs. Didn't work. Luminosity and Black Ops 4. Looked great. Won a tournament. They won a tournament. A month later, they fell apart. They like to speak. And you know what? Gunless and Formal were both on that roster. Gunless was the one who had to be subbed out. And the big thing with LG was, oh my gosh, and I was the person who brought this up the most. I said, the big three of LG, you've got Formal, you've got Gunless, you've got John. Talkers. But they couldn't work. They couldn't work. By the way, shout out to LeGray underscore co for subscribing with Twitch Prime. What a beast. I didn't even actually know that we could do that here, <laughs> to be honest with you. Shout out to LeGray. Appreciate it, buddy. Now, I will say, I'd be surprised, and I'll be honest with you. I will be surprised if Chicago can make this team work long term. Because at first, it's going to be great, right? It's going to be phenomenal. We're going to be getting on scrams. We're going to be dominating people. But one thing start to get a little bit bad. You know, when we enter into the first Minnesota event, let's say that we start to struggle a little bit. You know what? Maybe we, we didn't think that our strategies were as set up as we thought. Maybe this team was looking a little bit better, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What happens if this team starts to struggle? You know, how are they going to deal with that? And who's going to be in a position where they handle that? It's going to be interesting. Uh, and you want this to work badly, right? If you are a fan, if you are in management, oh boy, if this team works, if this team can work long term, like we start to see 100 Thieves do, oh man. I mean, you talk about the ARs of this roster, Arsides, Formal, Gunless. That's unreal. The fact that you've got these three guys together, the minds that these guys have, not just in terms of skill, but the minds, the communication that's going to exist between these guys, the strategy that could be developed from these particular players, it's amazing. It really is. It's amazing. Now, uh, one thing that I have seen from a few people, or rather just a few conversations, it's been a matter of, oh, well, you know, I like the ARs. SMGs, it's had weak. You know, I, I, I kind of get that. You know, Scump and Envoy. Um, and I will say this, and I know I, I made a Twitter clip about this the other day. Um, for me, Envoy is the real deal. There's a lot of people saying, you know what, I like the team, all four of them, but Envoy, mm, haven't seen him in a boots-in-the-ground game yet. People don't want to talk about as if Black Ops 4 was a boots-in-the-ground game. By definition, it is. You have to accept it. But I get the point of view. In a slow-paced World War II-type shooter that's going to be similar, they want to see in a slow-paced, boots-on-the-ground game, can Envoy be the real deal? And I will tell you, he is. However, however you want to take that. For me, he is the real deal. I've been watching him throughout the offseason in the process of him turning 18. I've been watching. I've been scouting. I can provide intel. He was great. He's phenomenal. Infinite Warfare, he was amazing at that game. So for me, it's not as if it was a one-title-type thing for someone like Envoy. It has been consistent, and it will continue to be, rather, it will continue to be consistent. Now, will we see him at the same level? I don't know. But it's not going to be a fall-off, right? It's not going to be a fall-off. If, if we do see any issues, for me, it will be a team thing, not a player thing. You know, there's been issues when we talk about the previous Optic Dynasty. Man, Karma really fell off. 
Well, there's only so many kills the man can get around the map. You know, in Infinite Warfare, oh my gosh, this guy's a 0.9 KD. Are you serious? Well, what's going to happen whenever you're the first guy to jump in? Or you're the guy who has to deal damage? Or the guy who has to try to, you know, do a different role for the team? Not everyone's going to have kills available to them. And we learned that in Black Ops 4. You know, the difference between the Slayers and, and the uh, support players. I mentioned this. We're going to see some of the highest and some of the lowest KDs that we have ever seen in Call of Duty Esports. And everyone was like, well, if you think about it, though, you're going to have an extra player on either side of the map. The KD should work. No, it's not going to work that way because roles, as time goes on, those are going to mesh, right? Those things are going to fluctuate. If you give a um, if you extend the time in a basketball game or a football game, what's going to happen? More points. What's going to happen with the quarterback? He's going to throw more touchdowns. He's going to get more yards. The running back He's going to run farther, run, not run farther, but you get my point. He's going to extend for more yards. The guys, their ability to get kills, it's only going to continue. The guys who don't get kills, it's they're not going to get more. Or they're rather not going to get to a point where their KD start to really, really level out. It's not going to happen. But I think for me, really quickly, as we kind of round out the Chicago conversation, I'd like to hear you guys uh, give me your kind of quick opinions on Chicago before we have to dive into the next subject because we have to, to get out here soon. But um, for me, I think that Skump will really need to enter into more of a leadership role for this roster. I think that, that is, for me, the formula, right? What is OGLA doing? They are entering into a situation where someone has to be the guy to say, you know what? You guys go. Right, you guys go to the you guys go to the party. I'll sit back here. You guys do the dirty work, or rather, I'll do the dirty work. You guys go on. I'll take care of cleaning up. That is, I think, exactly what Scump is going to need to do on this team. I think he needs to step into more of a leadership role because players will be looking at him. Right, players are going to be looking at him and formal for leadership to a certain extent. Right, obviously, you talk about Arsty's a world champion, has a lot of experience, gunless, won multiple titles, four-time MVP. Envoy still yet to win that championship, but looked fantastic throughout this year. Regardless, they will be looking to them. I like this team. I really do. I think on paper, if you can get this to work, I think it's undeniable. I don't think I'm presenting a, a unique opinion. If you can get this team to work, it's going to be unbelievable. They're absolutely a contender, but I worry about this roster for the long haul. And I worry about the personalities that you're going to need to manage as well. Because when you put these guys together, your life doesn't necessarily get easier it gets in some ways harder because you want to keep them together. It's like trying to stick something that's heavy to a wall. It's, it just doesn't stick that well. You're going to need extra glue. You need pieces to get that to stay. Rising says, I feel like Formal and Arsties will be your main IGL shot callers. I think Envoy can take more of a back seat. I think it'll come down to more of Scump and Gumless if they start to struggle. I like that opinion. I definitely uh, think that's possible. Uh, Vikram says, I think Scump is glad to take the back seat and just kill things. There you have it, man. Definitely don't uh, disagree with that either. Uh, Kingdom says if Scump isn't having fun, he won't play as well and won't enjoy competing as much, and his low mood will impact the team. I'd have someone bait for him if their egos can be removed. You know, I think it's a good point. I really do. I think that's um, <clears throat> a good, uh, you know, conversation to make. I think I may have heard that opinion before. I don't know, Kingdom. Maybe I'm just crazy. Uh, but no, I agree with it. I think that's true. I think in terms of mentality, in terms of a lot of things, <clears throat> Scump can be kind of, you know, one of those players. Um... Josh Marsh, uh, Seth seems laid back in search and destroy Chals like he's okay with this with uh, with his team leading him, to be honest. I don't mind that. I think it's good. And he may be one of those guys. But I think in terms of the internal, whenever you are in the situation of, hey, last round, search and destroy, who's doing stuff, right? Who's going to be that 
person. Because when you have, and I feel like it could be a missed opportunity, to be honest, that, that's kind of maybe where I'm getting at this more, is that they're missing out on an opportunity if he isn't in some ways being a leader. You're a world champion, right? You're defined as one of the best players of all time. I think at least in everyone's opinions, you're, you're on the, the Mount Rushmore of Call of Duty Esports. Why would you not want to talk to that guy? You know? I think there's a, there's a lot of opportunity there. Let's go move on. Last roster. I want to hear some people uh, in the chat giving their thoughts on this team. Atlanta phase. Oof. Boy, did the Atlanta franchise do things correctly, right? I, I love this team for a multitude of different reasons. Because I think, uh, like I said, they did the... Rather, I think that they made correct moves in the offseason, right? Could Because you pretty much have a team to foster up for years, right? You talk about this roster. Simp, Abizi, Selium, Major Maniac, Priesta. This team, for a lot of people, has screamed a lot of things. Talent, consistency. This, for me, screams future. Legitimately. This team, for me, screams future. You know the oldest player on this team? You know who that is? Major Maniac and Priesta. You know how old they are? 21. The rest of the league, the oldest player on their teams are 24 to 27. This team, 21. The average age of this roster is 19. 60% of the league is above the age of 22. What does that propose? Right? What, what does that normally mean when you have a young group like this? Oh, this team... We got a, a group of guys who are friends. Eh, not necessarily. Are these guys like each other? Of course they do. But what is this? What does a young team normally lack? Achievements, right? Cohesion. Those are two main things that they always mess up, or teams that they have a lack of. You know what this team doesn't have to deal with? Achievements and cohesion. They've won before, right? Simp and Ibizi, They just came off a world championship win. They won an event before that. Priesta, three-time champion, won back-to-back in Black Ops 4. Right, this roster won four events last year. Obviously, separately for the most part, but you get my point. Four events. They've done it recently. Salima Major Maniac, great seasons, right? They both had their CWL debut. But one thing that I really like about this team is they have the achievements. We talk about the cohesion, right? Where does that really come from? Right, they've got previous chemistry. We already talked about Simp and Ibizi. We talked about the coaching staff, well, we didn't talk about that, but you kind of get the point, right? Kreiner being brought in, I think is fantastic. Obviously has a history with Priesta, has a history with Selium. And I think that these guys are going to have chemistry that not a whole lot of people initially think of, right? You look at maybe on paper, well, Simp and Abizia play with one another, and that's kind of it. Oh, wait, no, Simp and Selium play with each other on EU Cadets. That, that's not where this ends, right? You're not going to be able to find all of this through a stat sheet or anything like that. This roster has been playing with each other and against each other online for the last three plus years. These guys have been in that situation multiple times where they've had to work with each other, they've had to work against each other, etc. Rising brought up a good point. Major Maniac will step up and lead this team. I think he's going to be that guy. Chris even brought it up as well. Major Maniac needs to be the leader. And from what I've seen, he's being good, or rather he's good at being composed. Totally agree. I think he's one of those guys. I think he's one of those players who does have to step in to a in-game leadership type role. And I think he's fit to do that. I really do. Despite being 21 years of age, you could talk about how many IGLs do you have that are going to be 21 or just leaders in the team. Not many, but he's definitely one of those guys. 
So we talk about cohesion, right? This team for me, it meshes, it works, it makes sense. You have a coaching staff that provides cohesion that have worked on top caliber teams and have worked with these players previously. And I will say the, this group in particular are players of outliers, right? Not every team looks and will sound like this team. Not even just their height, right? <laughs> Not even just their height, but even from the way that they're going to talk. They're mature for their age. You know, they're mature for their age and they are quick to adapt to a title. And I think that Coach Crowder is going to be able to really, um, you know, whip these guys into shape. I think they have a really good chance to be, without question, one of the scariest things about, uh, or rather one of the scariest teams in the league. But you know what really is for me the scariest thing about the Atlanta roster? It's not just their talent. It's not just their consistency. It's not just the way they mesh. For me, one of the scariest things about this Atlanta roster, time right? Their window, unlike other teams, isn't about to close. You know, let's be honest here. We've got some players who are 25, 26, 27. How many years do they have? You know, what happens if Krim Six becomes the undis rather undeniable best player in the world? What happens if Clayster wins a few more championships? What happens if Karma becomes the undisputable best player of all time? What happens if Scump, his, his, his conversations with the 100 Thieves podcast, I've got two to three more seasons left. Those are windows, right? You have a time period. They want to win, and they want to win now. A lot of these rosters want to do that. This team, their window is just opening, right? Let's, let's go three years in the future really quick. Let's go three years in the future. Where do you see other lineups, right? So if we were to keep the same lineups, go three years in the future. Seattle's average aged player is 27. You know who the oldest player in the league right now is? You know what their age is? 27. New York, their average age will be 26. The rest of the league, 25 plus. You know what the average player right now in the CDL is? The average age of a player? The average age is 22, right? Kind of in the middle. Recently coming into your 20s, still very top caliber players, etc. It's kind of risen a little bit over the years, but 22 is the average player age. In three years, Atlanta's average age will be 22. This team can be that over years well why is agent point important why are you bringing this up why is this key why, why am i hearing this because roster changes are more cost effective now right they aren't as easy as they used to be you're not going to find a a random player who is very talented for a super low tier contract anymore right you're not going to find that in franchising you may get lucky a few times to pick up a few rookies but in general the prices are now accurate or they are now in, in depending on who you talk to overestimated this is by far a top three team in my book because I think that this group works. I think they make sense. And I think that they are prepared for the future. And that's why I said that they did franchising correctly because you don't just have one, two seasons with this group where they can be good. You have at least three, if not four, if not five. And we talk about timing in Call of Duty. I mean, three seasons is a long time. That's a long time. I think this team is fit for that. I think they are. I think, like I said, in three years, can you mention it? This team is still top three in three years. I agree. And the scary thing is, is that we haven't even seen past the rookie season for these guys. What does Simp have left to provide, right? Can he be better than Black Ops 4? Can Ibizi be better than Black Ops 4? Can Major Maniac? Can Selium? Can Priesta? It's going to be absurd. And what's scary is, like I said, we've just scratched the surface with this team. It's another working together. They're familiar with Search and Destroy, where this is going to be probably the most tactical game that we've had in a very long time, if ever. Normally, you look 
at veterans to really kind of provide that. I think this team is filled with a lot of young veteran mentalities. Very hungry roster. Guys who share the same mentality. Now, in terms of weaknesses, you can talk about maybe the lack of ARs could be there. You know, is that is that presence really going to be felt as much? I kind of get that. I think versus other top AR teams, you talk about on the other side, teams like Chicago, built to the max in that category. So there could be at times where they lack in a few positions. You're not going to get the perfect roster, right? Not every team is perfect. Um, but overall, I think they're incredibly savvy. I think they're mature for their age. Uh, and I think in general, you could talk about the pace of this game. How it's going to work with these guys. Of course, SMG favored games. Could those be out the window? Black Ops 4, very heavy, heavily favored in terms of Maddoxes and Sogs. The main ARs really weren't as, as credited as much in terms of World War II. Very much about your main AR. Really, the stats really heavily favored uh, you know, AR-type players. So it kind of depends, right? We're going to be in a, a little bit of a crossroads for that. Um, but I'm very interested to see exactly how this team lines up. And we'll be looking. Uh, because I think that in terms of the future, because as I've mentioned, I will probably burn this in everyone's memory franchising is a decade plus long investment you want a team that's going to last you want players that are going to last these players they last you get two rather what three players who just had their rookie season it's crazy or rather that might actually be before am i, am I crazy here am i thinking wrong what, Simps rookie season, Abizi's rookie season? Four players rookie season. My my apologies. Four players rookie season. Major Maniac played, but he wasn't in the CWL by definition in the league, so you can argue that. You can go back and forth. Regardless, though, we have scratched the surface with this team, and they are prepared for the future, unlike a lot of other teams, because they want to win now. That's the way I look at it. But hey, you know what? We covered some really good topics today i want to before we do head out though before we do kind of close shop here for today because i think we've had a phenomenal episode we've covered some interesting things uh we've talked about dates coming up for um the cdl to finally kind of come about where do you rank the four teams we talked about today chat to exceed you said minnesota <laughs> i like that unfortunately we didn't talk about minnesota today but uh in general for the teams that we talked about today and maybe exceed could uh give his opinion on this right outside of the team that he's involved with we talked about the la optic we talked about atlanta phase we talked about chicago the toronto ultra where do we rank those four teams just those four nothing else nothing less those four teams because i'm curious where everyone else sits at because I think that uh, my personal opinion has kind of been somewhat, I don't know, it's kind of like 50-50 where you kind of have your ranks. So LA Optic, Atlanta Phase, Chicago, Ultra. Where are we sitting at, right? Number one being the best, fourth being the worst. Where do we see it at? Because I want to hear your guys' thoughts. By the way, like I said, if you guys are just joining the show, I uh, really appreciate you guys for obviously coming out. Uh, but be aware, right? If you are joining us late, make sure to check out the uh, COD League on Twitter as they've released some details um, about the launch weekend coming to Minnesota. Yes, they'll be hosting the first event, um, and they will be hosting that one January 24th to the 26th at the uh, Minneapolis Armory uh, for the first season in the inaugural, or rather the first event in the inaugural season. Totally messed that up. That's my fault. But uh, like I said, it's going to be a phenomenal event. All 12 pro teams are going to be there. Pat the Pro will be there. It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so yeah, let, let me know what you guys are, rather what your uh, thoughts are. Excited to see the uh, first event. Maybe who knows? You know, maybe Exceed could get that opportunity. I don't know. He's a he's a pretty good player. You know, I think he's a, he's pretty decent. No, I'm excited to see what Exceed can do. Uh, but let's go ahead and see what uh, Kingdom Soldier is saying. Optic. Oops. Uh, okay. No problem. Uh, Blood Beast said Optic. Uh, Optic three. 
I'm getting kind of confused here. There we go. Shout out to Bob. Bob did everything that I asked for correctly. He said Chicago, Optic, ATL, Atlanta, Ultra. Um, it's going to be an awesome. Man, trust me. Okay, I'll trust you, Exceed. I'll trust you. Maybe I can see you there. Who knows? Uh, Rising says Optic, Phase, Chicago, Ultra. Um, Sam says Chicago, Atlanta, Optic, Ultra at the moment for me, but very close between the top three. Phase, Chicago, Optic, Ultra. I like that. Okay, Kingdom. Went with Phase first. Drew Spark says Optic, Atlanta, Chicago, Toronto. Interesting. I'll let you guys know mine really quickly before we head out. Uh, I'm currently sitting really quick. Dino says uh, Dallas, Atlanta, Chicago, Seattle. Not the teams that we mentioned, but I still appreciate the opinion. Uh, the four teams that we talked about, uh, I currently sit at LA Optic number one as of right now. Atlanta and a very close second, uh, but I'm still putting them second. I've got Chicago currently sitting as third and Toronto as right now in terms of fourth. Of course, with the teams that we've talked about, not not in, not in total before people start going crazy and saying, oh my gosh, you know, this is going to be crazy. No problem, Dino. Uh, but before people start going crazy and saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe that this, these are his top four teams. No. These are the teams that we've just talked about for today. So that's where we currently sit. But, uh, but like I said, guys, we had a phenomenal show today. If you have not done so already, make sure to follow us here on Twitch, right? At Prediction Esports. If you join us a little bit late, if you're listening to us on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, whatever it may be, uh, you know, we really appreciate you guys for tuning in. But if you'd like to be in the chat, be involved in the conversations, you can, of course, join us every Tuesday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 11.30 p.m. Central, of course, here for The Reload, presented by Prediction, the Esports Video Talk Show Network. So like I said, guys, appreciate you all for coming out. I hope that you all have a fantastic rest of your Tuesday. Uh, like I said, appreciate everyone for coming out, everyone for being involved in the chat. We had some great conversations today. Like I said, make sure to stay tuned to my Twitter, at Lando. Uh, to prediction at prediction they just did a giveaway massive thank you to them they're trying to grow their cod audience uh so i'm super excited about that uh, but like i said guys if you'd like to stay tuned to those twitters right stay tuned uh to prediction stay tuned to mine because if you miss the entire episode we will be having links to those uh where you can watch the rest of it and if you're listening to this on audio i love you all right let's go ahead and close it out appreciate it guys have a great rest of your day and appreciate you all for joining us here on the reload